0: Thanks for being here tonight. My name is John, um, and we're in the middle of, on Wednesday nights, Pastor Allen will kind of give us a preview of his sermon coming up this Sunday, and then we're in week two of Experiencing God, and I have a couple of extra books that we can share, and uh, that way if, if you haven't done it, you can still you can still look at them. How about that? Good to see everyone. Uh, last week, uh, we were away at our pastor's retreat, and it was a joy to be online with you, And on Thursday night, uh, I might have mentioned to you uh, our class here on Sunday morning that's called the Bridge Class. I'm leading a group from the Bridge Class on Thursday nights with Experiencing God. And it was a joy to be in that group last week. A highlight for me, uh, uh, several of those men uh, are uh, in recovery programs or different programs. And one of them said his highlight of the week was reading uh, on day four. He said it said Moses was a murderer. And, and, and God still used him and cared about him and loved him because that, that really spoke to me. So uh, I thought that was really, really great. Here's what I'd like to do tonight. Um, Richard
1: needs to do the memory.
0: He did it last week.
1: Richard. So he should see? still know it. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Um, Psalms 27. Uh, is that what it was? Yeah, you're yeah, right. Psalms 27. Uh, some take pride in chariots, others in horses. We take pride in the name of the Lord, our God.
0: Yeah, excellent. Two weeks in a row, you got that.
2: My card.
0: (laughs) That's very good. Uh, For you
1: that don't know, the memory verses are on tear-off cards in the back of the Experiencing God book. And uh, they've been, I I use them as bookmarks in the front of each unit uh, as I memorize. So those are back there for you.
0: Also, uh, also in the back, there is a uh, there is a tear off bookmark on the second to last page. Um, and in the Sorry. back, there is also uh, a code that you can go on a website and watch video lessons for e- not each day, but every unit will have a lesson. So those are available to everybody um, with your book. This unit here um, started off talking about God centered for self-centered living, and I'm sure that's something that nobody has a problem with, right? Uh, we all constantly live God-centered lives, and uh, don't worry about anything. As you look through this week, I would like to start before I before I maybe bring in some specific questions. I would like to hear from you all. What is something that stood out for you during the week? What was a highlight that you had? It, it, we can jump around days. We can jump around times, online or live with us here in the room. What is something that really stood out to you this week that you just can't, uh, you you couldn't stop thinking about? How about that? There were just two huge
2: ones. I'll share one, which was um, we get the word of God, but it gets lost in transit somewhere. He's developing our character, but we're so. Uh, looking for the quick thing and, and that significant thing that we're not letting him develop our character and getting us to the place where we're ready, and so we forget all about it. Mm. Yeah, and I—that was important because that was encouraging because I can see what he's doing in developing my character and getting me ready for whatever. Yeah. But we still wish it would hurry along, right? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. went on for right ten there. years. <laughs> <laughs> But those are the three examples that he gives 10 to 15 years or yeah. 25 in one case. Right.
0: Yeah. Just like Steve did, if a highlight for you as you share it with us, if, if you could let us know, like, this is why it was special to me. It's not just a statement that I'm going to make, but, but it was special to me. Steve, Alan, and I were talking today about different things. I can take you back to the, the when I was in Springfield, Illinois, uh, Kelly was in the backseat. Kelly was young and a, probably in a car seat, um, at this point. And I can remember sitting at a stoplight and wrestling with what God was doing in my life. Uh, God, what do you have for us? You know, and he spoke very clear to me that you have great friends here. You have this, but I have something more for you. And I can remember that. And I, I started crying sitting there, hoping that Kelly didn't see me asking why I was crying. Um, And I just assumed, okay, I finally surrendered and and gave it to God. And so next week we'll have a job and be gone, you know, six years later, you know, uh, it was just, and I wondered in that time, what he was doing something in my life. There were some things I still needed to learn. There were some uh, attitudes that I, I needed to adjust. And I think in that time I was surrendering to him, but also just watching that play out.
1: I wrote, um, On page 33 of my book, I I know that all the books are different. Um, And I've done this three or four times. But I really like, maybe this is new, maybe I just hadn't seen it before, but on page 33, almost in the middle of the page, there's this statement. Self-centeredness is a subtle trap because it makes sense from a human perspective. When you think about this culture of narcissism that we live in, where, where every, every entertainer is about, look at me. Every politician is, look at me. You know, we, we've made beauty into a, an idol to worship. We, there are no ends to the products that are supposed to help us be more of this or less of that and, and and it all makes sense from a human perspective. Be the best version of yourself. And uh yeah Richard. Oh
2: I'm sorry I didn't mean to no oh, no I know, just, I heard I this, I did this I heard thing. this in a group the other day and I I feel like I've heard it maybe a lot of y'all have heard it before but it was uh it was like the way it was said it was like a lot of times what blocks us what blocks me from God is you know I, I find myself looking at God through a lens that the world sees, sees things. And instead of, you know, you know, the way the world perceives things, I'm looking through, looking at God through that lens. And, you know, it blocks, you know, it blocks, you know, the way you really see, the way he wants you to see.
1: Somebody said once that there's a, a distinct difference between us being made in God's image and God being made in our image. And it's subtle. It's, it really is. The world tells us, you know, God is your therapist. God is your, your cosmic buddy. He's there to help you out. And we just, I forget that God is God. And, and he is holy and he is sovereign. And I can't understand everything. Self-centeredness is a subtle trap because it makes so much sense that the old testament makes sense right if you sin you're cursed if you are righteous you're blessed and that's not god's economy at all (laughs) you know he demonstrates his love to us in the while we're still sinner christian okay um
0: no you're good and richard i think uh learning to view things from god's perspective you know, instead of just like the world perfected, like that lens of the world, how does God want us to see this? That's a, uh, that's a constant, I don't want to call it a struggle, but it's a, a constant just, I don't, know, I don't know another word, besides I, I, struggle sounds so negative, like this, but we just constantly are looking, God, what do you have in this? What if, uh, Let me see this from your eyes. Let me see this, how you see it. Let me see this situation. You know, I, I'm I okay? I, I I want a job. I need to pay. You know, God help me see this from your perspective. And not like, what What are you teaching me in this? What does it look like? Yeah. Thanks for sharing that.
3: But that's where risk comes in because we stay so busy that we <laughs> we do a lot of talking, but not me, of course, um, and not so. You know what I'm saying?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> no fair! No fair bringing in like concepts from. The sermon Sunday into study. That's that's very good. Someone else throughout the week, uh, online or here at the table. What what is something that, as you look at it, just rang true in your mind?
1: Yep. Be specific, or just can you speak in generalities? Speaking generalities, and then we'll quiz you.
0: We'll ask questions. How about that? I
1: was just wondering about how do you discern the truth nowadays from what you hear Out there, media wise, or social media, or everyday people you come in contact with, what is truth?
0: So, how do we? It's a good question. How do we discern the truth? I I, I have some answers, but I just thought I would ask how do we discern what is truth? We hear so many things. You guys tell us. Yeah, right.
3: we compare it with God's word. Does it line up what we're hearing with God's word?
0: That's right. Yeah, we're hearing it doesn't line up with what God has told us in his word. We can you know it's not true. Um, that, that means that we have to study his word. We have to know what it says so that when we hear something that is contrary to that, we know that it's not true.
2: there's so many things the bible like
1: you know the bible alan knows the bible i mean i've i've been studying the bible a long time and i still don't know everything that's scripturalized uh, and i've never read the bible from cover to cover
2: right
0: but um but he he speaks to us the holy spirit speaks to us as we as we hear something and if there's that um I, i grew up calling it like a check in your spirit. Sometimes you hear something and you're like, wait a minute, is that, is that right? Is that true? Then that forces me to look at it a different way, think about it, compare it to God's word and then match it up. And if it's not what God's word says, then we can know it's not true. On page 45 for me was something that I thought was funny that I don't think I've ever thought of before, but I knew to be true. Uh, my meaningful statement or scripture from that day was how many burning bushes did God use besides the one with Moses? You know, <laughs> none. <laughs> uh, we know, uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something that we not, we all haven't experienced that. Right. I, I kind of, I might've said last week or the week before we haven't gone outside and all of a sudden there's this bush burning and also the bush starts speaking to us and talking to us. That would, that would be scary uh, initially, but, that's how God chose to spoke. That's how God chose to speak to Moses. How does he choose to speak to us? And in my uh, rewording of that statement, um, I put, Lord, help me not look for signs, but to continue a relationship with you where I clearly recognize your voice.
3: Hmm.
0: That there are those times when Skip said, How do we know the truth? I-, I want to continue to develop my relationship with God in such a way that when I hear him speak, I know he's speaking <clears throat> to me. And then what does he want me to do in response? Uh, dive deep into the relationship with him and listen.
2: And when you talk about him speaking, I thought one of the most convicting statements I've heard in a long time was in this chapter where it says, if you are having trouble hearing God speak to you, you are, quote, in trouble at the very heart of your Christian experience. Right,
0: right. Yeah. yeah if you're having trouble discerning and, and hearing from God um Maybe we're too busy. Maybe we need to rest. Maybe we need to focus. Maybe we need to dive into his word and his truth and and let him just continue to speak to us so that we can clearly hear his voice. I don't know if I told you, um, if I did, you'll hear the story again, but I called uh, from a Bible study that encouraged us to reach out to people from our past that were instrumental in helping us learn about Christ. Um, My sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, we had middle school in Kentucky where I was. My choir teacher in those years was just instrumental in my life Mm. in so many ways. And so I called her, and this was probably 10 or 11 years ago. So I'm 54. So it was a a couple of years ago since I was in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And I found her number, got a hold of her on the phone, and she said, my goodness, John, your voice hasn't changed since the eighth grade. (laughs) That was the last thing I wanted to hear, right? I thought, My voice is not more manly than it was in the Ukraine, But she heard my voice and she recognized it. She knew that voice. She knew it was me. When my dad calls, um, I hear his voice. I recognize his voice. When God speaks to me, I want to make sure I'm diving in that relationship where I clearly hear from him. A question that I thought was fun uh, and I debated on it. As you turn to page 37 in your books, the top of that page, question number five. How close do you think your country is to God's judgment? Check one. Would anybody like to tell us what they checked? Well, i
4: checked off number four. I believe we're already experiencing a disciplinary judgment like that described in Isaiah 5, 1 through 7. Um, and it was really tough to choose between that and the one before and the one after. I mean, it, it, Absolutely. It was
0: like, right? um, so it wasn't hard to not, like, God's not going to bring judgment or God... Uh, it's a long way off. You didn't think either of those things, so no. Yeah. So then, what evidence can you give to support your answer, there, Gary?
4: Come oh, on, man! I didn't know there was going to be a test. <laughs> I mean, I look around and from I see the the the, the gospel message. It's it's not something that our country wants to hear anymore. It's like you can almost trace it I, in my mind. I trace it back to probably the mid nineties when all of a sudden at that time, it seemed there was a break off between people largely. If they didn't believe in God, they at least respected those who did and who were in that preaching profession, uh, evangelists, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden you had all these televangelist scandals that just, I mean, it was in the news all the time. And all of a sudden in my mind, that's when people started breaking off where if you've told someone before, uh, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. Oh, okay. Uh, and then there you, you see their face trying to figure out if they ever cussed in front of That's you. Right. Yeah. That. Um, but it's like after that, I, I know people in ministry who the last question that they want to get is, what do you do for a living? Because they don't want to have to give that answer. Um, I'm a pastor, I'm a minister, because all of a sudden they're gonna feel judgment, they're gonna feel like, oh, oh, you're you're one of those, because there's been a, a shift. <laughs> And and in my mind, I almost trace it back to those scandals where all of a sudden all credibility has been lost. Uh, We live in a generation where more and more people grow up never hearing the gospel, not knowing anything about it. Uh, They raise their kids that way. And so uh, more. it's almost like you take it back to the book of Judges where it says there arose a generation that did not know the Lord, which is like, how can this possibly happen? I mean, didn't they learn from everything that just happened? Um, they went, I mean, they sinned in the eyes of the Lord. God uh, brought judgment on them. Uh, God raised up a deliverer after they repented. And the next thing you know, they're doing the whole thing all over again. Well, that's what's going on with our society today. It's just like there arose a generation who didn't know the Lord and more and more it's becoming harder to even see, well, how are they going to know? I mean, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And I, and I think a part of that is that we're under the judgment of God.
0: But you sorry, you asked me to clarify, didn't you, John? Yeah. That's all
3: right. No, that's good.
0: What about someone else who would like to share with us? I couldn't understand why God waited so long. Um, He's waiting so long, but I, think, but I still think the judgment is, is a long ways off. Okay. So you think it's a long way off? I do. I do. You know, you know, it's been 2,000 years since you know, he was here before, and I think um, it could give me another hundred years or or more before he comes back, I mean I, I never would say that he can't come back tomorrow but today, but um I think you know there's been lots of things in history that have gone on that been horrible, and and he has not come back for those things, and so I'm not sure that anything I see is so horrible today that's been worse than that that's going to make him want to come run right away Okay. Thank you for sharing.
3: I keep praying there's enough of a remnant. <laughs> That it is far away. That's one of my prayers. Okay. Is there our remnant.
1: But I think, you know, it pushes us to want to pray for our country and our leaders
0: more than ever. Because, you know, we do have lots of problems.
1: Well, right? when Jesus
4: said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be the coming of the Son of Man. And you have to wonder, if things are this bad now, just how bad were they when God said,
3: I, I've had enough. Yeah. I've had enough. And there's just Noah. <laughs> there's only one left.
1: But he said he would never do that again.
3: Well, he wouldn't flood to earth is what he said he wouldn't do, it, isn't it? Yeah. I thought he said he'd never do it by flooding. What, well, and wipe out the generation,
1: yeah. right? Oh, there will be a day that he calls the whole thing to a close. You're, we, that's the conversation. And that's part of the discussion about eternal rest, is that either we die or he calls a close to all of this. And that's when eternal rest begins.
2: Yes.
0: We have that final judgment, um, that, that I heard in your statement, you know, thinking of when Christ comes back and, and the final judgment of the earth, we live in consequence of sin and because of our sin, uh, and not following God, there are consequences to that. And, uh, I, I heard that in what Gary was saying, uh, when we don't do things right. There are consequences for that, and we have to we have to um, pay for those consequences in some way. Praise the Lord that Jesus died on the cross for us. Right? Wow. Um it took the whole,
3: uh, they took all the sin and died for us. If you don't mind turning to page 47
0: just got a couple of more questions as we uh, look at this, and would love. You ought to to tell us anything that stood out for you. At the bottom of page 47, this is after uh, having our character that matches our assignment. Um, Number four down there at the bottom, if you look two paragraphs above that, you may wish you could experience God working through you the way uh, he worked through other people. But every time God goes to them, they adjust their lives to God and obey When they've been faithful in the little assignments, God has given them more important assignments. If you're not willing to be faithful in a little, God will not give you larger assignments. God uses smaller assignments to develop character. God always builds character to match his assignments. If God has a great task for you, he will expand your character to match that assignment.
3: What a promise.
0: Yeah. So then number, number A, letter A down there what would you like to see God do
2: through your life? Um, That's talking about using uh, me. Yeah. What would you bit. want to see? Yeah. I didn't want to keep sharing because I feel like no, I'm your taking my you're turn, sharing. but you know, I wrote allow, allow me to love and serve with complete confidence and trust in him because what I find myself, what I find myself doing, you know, I mean, I have, I have, I'm developing a relationship with the Lord, but what happens is a lot of times in my prayers, you know, it's, uh, it goes along with this whole unit, you know, everything we talk about, you know, you know, God's speaking to you, what he wants you to do right here, right now, not, you know, two weeks, three weeks from now. And the thing is, I'll find myself praying about things, and I'll start, I'll, and, and for whatever reason, I, I, I also I realize, oh, I'm trying to bargain with him, I'm trying to reason with him. Right. Of why this needs to happen, or why it doesn't need to happen, right. you know, and instead of just, you know, and so I, I feel like for me, it's like, you know, to be able to love and serve complete faith, complete trust you know, none of, not my own understanding. Yeah. I love to say do say it for me. That, I, I love how you said
0: that both times, that complete, right? Complete trust. Complete knowledge. I want to serve wow. him completely. Not just a little dab here, this is going to kind of push me on, but I want to develop that relationship to completely trust him and follow him. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Someone else, what do you want to see God do through your life? I'm thinking that at
3: this age, probably um, to the point that there's not a lot left. Um, that may not make sense. But, I mean, you've done, you've had the early life experience, you've had the midlife experience, your family's reared, you've got these 20 people scattered around, as we do, that are part of family. So you're hoping that at this point in life, perhaps you have come to a point where you um, not not that you're looking to leave this earth tomorrow, but that you have hopefully fulfilled some of what he had wanted you to do through what your those that you have reared are now following through it. Sure, and I hope that makes sense.
0: No, it does. It does.
3: <clears throat> and there's 80 years almost of experience. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> what I'm trying to say. You know, you get to a point you're on. You're in a circle of or progression of life. So. Uh, you have to acknowledge where you are
4: at that point. You said something about your, your 80 years of experience. When I was in seminary back in the 90s, and Alan might even know the person I'm about to talk about, I was at the Georgia, North Georgia Extension here, and there was an 80-year-old lady taking classes with me. Her name was Margaret, and uh, we, like, we graduated together, uh, and she was one of the most remarkable people I've ever met because even at 80 years old, she was still in school. She was learning. She she knew that God had something for her, and she was always pushing herself to be available for what there was, Uh, and so several years later, um, I'm a youth pastor at Sandy Plains Baptist Church, and we have a Disciple Now weekend, and I bring in this band, and this band is singing this song, and in this song, they're talking about this lady who was 88 years old, uh, a missionary in Africa somewhere, and I, and I think even mentioned her by name, Margaret. I've just started no, there's no way this is the same person. So I, uh, I emailed uh, the guy who who sang the song. I said, "Would this be whatever her name was?" The absolutely, and oh so gosh. she's still out there, and she was still doing this. So all that's a long way to get back to say that absolutely, even at eighty, even at ninety, whatever uh, you make yourself available, God's going to find a way to be able to use you.
3: Well, I, and I didn't mean that you just stopped. And I it. and yeah, I knew that's not where yeah, you were going. It was, it was just that you're you're hoping, right, by the time you have reached that point, that there have, that you have at least portrayed a life that others looked at and thought, maybe I'd like to have a part of that or to follow that path and see where it leads me.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful that we can look back and think.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you just have to be re- there's a lot to reflect on yeah. when you when you. When you've got that
0: many years to remember. Sure. That's nice. Thank you.
3: My um, struggle is get, getting caught up in the busyness of life and the things that have to be done. And, and I, am I, my prayer is, Lord, am I doing today? Am I using myself in the way you want me to? Or all this stuff I'm dealing with that I think I have to deal with. Maybe I don't. It's a hard balance, isn't, yeah, it? isn't it?
0: It is. And that daily just, God, what do you want me to do today? Yeah. How do you want me to live today? I want to follow your will in my life. I I really want to know seven days from now, seven years from now. But if I just know what he wants me to do today, and I live in that, then that, that does make things easier. We think it would be easier if I knew seven days from now, but just help me know what to do today. And then tomorrow, help me know what to do tomorrow. And then Friday, help me know what to do Friday. As we just follow God step by step. Um, I just end in, in with this uh, just brief story tonight. Uh, it's seven. I, I realize it's seven. Yeah. I heard a story a long time ago of a, a kid who kept leaving his bicycle out on the <clears throat> driveway, and dad would get mad. And, and he kept was afraid he was going to just drive in and hit and run over the bicycle. And so one night, dad came home, bicycle was outside, and he came in and goes, Son, bicycle's out on the driveway. I need you to go move it. Well, dad, it's dark. That's okay. Take this flashlight. Go move the bike. Kid goes outside, shines flashlight. Dad, I can't see the bike. It's dark. What do you see? I see the bottom of the steps. Okay, son, go to the bottom of the steps. Son goes to the bottom of the steps. Dad can't see my bike. What do you see? Well, I see where the sidewalk turns right by where the flower pot is. Okay, go to the flower pot. Oh. Gets to the flower pot. Dad, I still can't see my bike. What do you see? You get kind of get the point of the story. He got a little bit further. Can't see my bike. What do you see? Dad, I finally see my bike. That God is going to reveal to us, step by step, how he wants us to live, what he wants us to do, his will for our life. We can then look back and think, look at all the things that I've gone through. That God, I faithfully followed you. I have faithfully served you. In my life, I thought I was going to be a band director. I thought marching band was going to be my life. And God had different plans for me. I thought music ministry for years. I was in Illinois 26 years. I thought that was going to be where God, but then God continued just to change as I continued to follow him and search for him. God, what do you want out of my life? So as we follow, as we look for his will, as we follow him, you know, this week, uh, this coming week, we're going to look more about what it means to have a love relationship with him, what it means to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. What does it look like to to realize we have a relationship with him that's real and personal. So I encourage you next week, as we come back, we'll have a great opportunity to share with each other. We do want to hear because your stories encourage us, not just Gary and I, your stories encourage us of how God is, is working and moving in your life. So let me have a word of prayer with us. Good to have you all online. Good to have well, all, all you of got you. Do something us. you want to share? Oh.
3: Yes. I, I just wanted to back up you know, part, most of what you just said. I have a theme that, you know, has come to mind. It's a part of a song. If I could help somebody as I travel along, then my living shall not be in vain. Therefore, each day I want the Lord to show me who do I talk to? What do I do? Thought, word, and deed. What do I do today for you? Nice.
0: Nice. Thank you. Thanks for that encouragement. Yeah. Let's pray. Enjoy the rest of your evening. How about that? Father, we love you. God, as we continue to see what it means to live a life that just centered completely around you, or not just around you, but in you, continue to help us get out of the way. Help us completely live for you. Help us see what that looks like, that we desire to live a life that's honoring to you, to live a life, to live a life that reflects you in everything that we do. So, Father, every day, show us who to talk to, show us what to do, show us how to just just love you even more, grow in that relationship with you. And as we grow in that relationship with you, we clearly hear your voice. We clearly hear you speaking to us, and we know exactly what you want us to do. And in that knowing what you want us to do, it's not always easy, but, God, we know and understand that it's always the best. And so we thank you for that. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for everything. And we ask all this in your great name. Amen. Amen.